Blue Wire Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome into your Easter Sunday edition, April 9th of the OBR Film Breakdown and a crossover edition with All Eyes on Cleveland and Brad Ward. It is, like I said, a special day for some of you out there who celebrate Easter. So hopefully you're having a great day. Maybe this podcast catches you on the drive to some family member's house. We always appreciate you tuning into this podcast when we post it on Sundays. And a reminder, it is a Things I Think I Know About the Cleveland Browns podcast. So has a little spin on that angle of things Brad and I, as the you know jabronis that we are, telling you what we think we know about the Cleveland Browns. So I welcome in Brad Ward. What's up, buddy? What's up? What's up, Bernsey? What's going on? No, man? you know, man. We're, we're here to talk about absolutely nothing going on with the Cleveland Browns. But as... As skilled as we are, we can come up with something to talk about with these guys, so we're going to do it. I think you're going to talk about actually not hyping up or even really talking about the Cleveland Browns at all. Am I right about that? I, I am. I am. So I'll start with that, right? Uh, so I heard you know, some, some complaints this week as PFF dropped their uh, pre-draft power rankings, right? Uh, now, PFF pretty much gave the Browns a, uh, re- uh, you know, pretty good review on free agency. I think they had them up there at the top of one of the better teams in free agency. So it was kind of odd to see them all the way down at 21 in the pre-draft power rankings. Uh, but And I heard a lot of complaint about it. But the more I thought about it, the more I was kind of like, good. Like, I think that... The best place for this team to be, Jake, after, and I'll, I, you know, I, I will have written about this when you hear this too. So, but the best place to be for this team is under the radar. Nobody's talking about them. Nobody's talking about the talent on pay, you know, the on paper talent winning the offseason. Uh, nobody's talking about all that on a national scale. Um, there's no Watson buzz, you know, knock on something, right? Like there's nothing going on with him that's, that's, you know, bringing it additional attention because after last off season, and then you go beyond that to the 2019 off season, which was world's team, uh, you know, Odell coming in, everybody was so hyped, right? About that team was going to be so good. And Freddie and all that, you know, dropped the ball. 2021, tons of hype coming off the playoff, right? Playoff, uh, going to the playoffs and getting away, you know, uh, fell, fell on their faces. So the hype, the noise, I can do without it all, stay under the radar, B20th on power rankings. I'm cool with it all. Like just a quiet off season where they go about their business because I truly believe personally that they are very talented on paper. And I think that if you get a good performance from Deshaun Watson, that you can win the division. So that's how I personally feel, but I don't really care if that nationally needs to be announced or talked about. Yeah, I think it's funny. You read like the rankings from Pro Football Focus, and it's like, we like everything Cleveland did, but we're still going to have them 21st. So I, to your point, yeah, Lee said's the best said. And I think Anthony Walker and some of these guys signed back, and I, I talked about the phrase from, you know, ironically enough, it's from Lamar Jackson way back when, the nobody cares, work harder theory, right? Like, I love that motto. Yeah. 
And that was yeah. what Walt could kind of put when he signed back. And um, yeah, yeah, like I'm excited for these guys. I think it's a team that's in the right direction, making a lot of really great offseason decisions. And I think that Pro Football Focus would rank them higher if they felt a little better about what Deshaun Watson looked like last year. So I think they're being yeah. very guarded with the Browns, largely because they need to see what the best version of a Kevin Stefanski duo with Watson looks like. But I saw 21 and I'm like, you know, perfect. You should want as much bulletin. Not that that's going to be bulletin board material for them, but I, I think a team that hasn't earned anything quite yet, you want them to be feeling like yeah. they're frowned upon, even though, again, it's not like anybody's saying anything negative about them. It's just these rankings come out and they're sort of toward the middle or the, the you know, bottom tier of the those rankings. 21st is saying, hey, we only believe there are 11 worse teams than you in the NFL, right? So, or 10 worse or whatever. I mean, I'm not great at math here, but you, you kind of feel like that's the stuff I would like to read about them this year. Make them Make them want to prove. I'm always a fan of my team the us against the world stuff because the, the bat, you know, that, that feeling drives success in my opinion, more than people patting you on the back. And I think we could all agree that, that from the national perspective of, we like to joke around about winning the off season, but uh, in, in theory, we like to, to, to see the team sort of be pushed into or, or sort of stuffed into this corner where people don't believe in them, because I think that's where the best, the, mo the best motivation for play can happen. We, it's funny theory because we will always sort of downplay this stuff that like, it doesn't really matter to th these, these guys are looking for every angle all the time. Right. Yeah. Like that's a, that's a, that's a real thing. And you can, you can kind of brush off some of those comments or brush off thought. Like these guys are always looking for whatever competitive fire they can get from anything. So I'm sure there are some people in the franchise who recognized it and will bring it up and they'll continue to try to get better. But yeah, that feels like just a really cautious, we like what they've done with the coordinators. We like what they've done with some of the decisions they made this offseason and some of the signings they have here. Hell, we'll even rank them as having one of the better free agency periods out there, but we just want to be guarded with what we think they're going to be because there have been years in the past where media has thought the Browns are going to be a lot better at put themselves on the line, and they have not performed. So uh, I think it's a very guarded, let's see it, believe it sort of thing, and I think that's where we all should be, Brad. Yeah, I think so too. Um I feel a little bit, you know, I, I feel cautiously optimistic, uh, but yeah, um, I think that I feel, I think I feel stronger about uh, this team than that, um, than 21 or whatever, however you want to, you know, gauge this thing. But uh, I, but I think it's a good, as you said, it does matter. Like, you know, to, um, to come together ideally as a team and to you know whatever fosters the best uh you know camaraderie as a team a lot of times that's that as you mentioned that us against the world mentality and and flying under the radar will will provide that for you so yeah yeah I, I think it's a good thing overall a good thing for this team to be rated lower than maybe what you think of them in my opinion yeah. so uh we'll see you know put the product in the field on sundays go win some ball games otherwise uh, you know, don't get too offended. And I know you aren't, but it's just uh, I, some people are getting a yeah. little can get a little offended over the wrong things at the wrong time of year. So otherwise, I think you have a take on a position. We're going to actually hit on this in a little bit, a, a bit deeper. But I think you're writing in your piece this, this idea that the Browns should be focusing on maybe not the position people think they should be every single year. Yeah. And this is just kind of a general 
it's for the Browns, but I think every team should kind of like we're at a point now in the NFL where I kind of feel like and you look at the draft too and how deep it is it was like talented wide receivers right there's wide receivers for days in this draft and different guys and different sizes and shapes and I just think that if you're if you're a GM I would like force yourself unless you had like three draft picks one year or something you know um so unless of some kind of an outlier I would force myself to take a swing at a wide receiver in the draft every year because if you can hit on a wide receiver and get production from that wide receiver on a rookie contract it is so valuable to your roster construction like it just changes everything for you if you can get uh just one guy even on a rookie contract it changes the way you can build your entire roster especially when you have a guy uh a quarterback deal but you, even without that, um, I, I think it changes the entire way that you can approach the way you build your roster if you have somebody um, that's putting up legit numbers on a rookie contract at wide receiver. And I think it's worth um, value-wise, even if you don't need it, like, right, uh, for yeah. trade value or for whatever, it's just so valuable that I think that every GM should be swinging at one guy at least every every single draft. I've, I would not put up an argument to that. I think it's becoming more mainstream how valuable that position is, quality to uh, a league that is tilted, shaded, pushing even further in the direction of, of passing the football is the way you should go. The data tells you that. I think we're in the early stages of, of working away from running the football at a uh, even higher clip than it is now, which makes a lot of people uncomfortable, especially Cleveland Browns people that, that prefer running the football. Uh, it's just the MO, right? The, the running back culture of the of the Browns all these years. So it, it is, like I said, it, if you think it's swayed a lot now, it's going to get worse. And with that, the premium position stuff is certainly as more and more, the, like they're going to continue to be wide receiver loaded drafts because guys are doing more seven on sevens at the younger levels. They're getting more instruction at how to run routes. Yeah the nuance of stuff that they didn't even get until college and develop until sometimes early in their NFL career. These guys are coming into college ready to go. Ohio State, if you're an Ohio person listening to this, is just a great example of what they continue to bring in and churn out. That's not going to slow down across the country as, again, softer uh, high school stuff is what's going to reign supreme, right? And again, that's there's nothing wrong with that, in my opinion, because you're limiting how many times your young child is getting hit in the head, you know, with the football. You want to limit that as much as you can. But that means more seven on seven. And what can they work on more than anything else? That's route running, catching the football, creating separation, going up, jumping over people. And I think that will continue to migrate more from the college level into the NFL level. Like we we talk right now and this idea that there's there's no like true 10 personnel, which is four eyed receivers and a, a running back. There's none of that right now. Very little. The Cardinals led the NFL last year with like seven percent. I think that will go in the next 10 years. We'll be seeing 10 personnel all over the NFL. It just will be a thing. I think it'll be, it'll, it'll continue to be more and more and more. So uh, as, as to your point, as the NFL continues to develop, push and migrate more to throwing the football as a means to higher EPA, all of the things that come with that, you're going to see teams continue to value the wide receiver position. And it should be drafted every year because you're keeping six of these guys on your roster. A lot of yeah. people will talk about draft a quarterback every year because of the same exact things you just said, which yeah. I agree with the, the development of them, the hitting on them, the trading of them, the valuable asset they can be 
Hell, they could even end up starting for you, looking at you, San Francisco, taking Brock Purdy, right? Look at it. It could happen. And then you have a very valuable asset at that moment. So I think wide receivers should be in that fold. And again, we think the Browns have now, again, this was prior to Mike Woods injury, but we, we were talking about Jack Duffin had put out a tweet and I hadn't even thought of it. They have like 13 wide receivers on the roster. Yeah, um, and even when they had Woods healthy, who I thought was obviously going to see the field, at least on the 53, I still thought they're going to draft one. And I still think they're going to draft one. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. as certain as ever they will now. So like, it's just, they should keep doing it. You should keep trying to hit on these guys being selective about your wide receiver picks at the hit rate that these guys can have sometimes is not smart. So if you have, you know, a year like this where you have eight picks, which is above the norm, you should all it's automatic. You should be taking a wide receiver because you just want to develop and have as many of those guys on cheap contracts as possible to your point. So very much in line with that. Yep. You said it uh, very well there. And uh, that leads nicely into our next topic, I think. Yeah, it does. So we're going to take a quick break here from our sponsors, and then we will jump into what I think will be an interesting little exercise on what we prefer to see in the draft. So we'll be right back. Okay, keeping it square here that we're firmly under the belief that the Browns could do something in the next two and a half weeks, right, Brad? I don't know. I haven't looked at the calendar. We're, what, 20 days? So three weeks uh, away yeah. from the draft. The Browns could still do something, but uh, as it stands right now, it's recording this. Who knows? Something could break tomorrow morning. Uh, it is the uh, eight around 8.30 here on Saturday night. The Browns haven't added anybody, so we're going to talk about positions that we think the Browns should hit in the draft, and then we're going to say these are the five most important. We're going to go back and forth on these, okay? Not doing five of our own, but just five total where we work together to select these. Uh, before we went on air, we said these are the, the positions that the Browns should be drafting, not forcing it. It's not the end of the world if they don't get one of these, but it feels like they should draft something at these spots because they could use some bodies. Like To me, two on offense are a lock right? Running back where they only have two rosterable guys right now feels like a lock. Loaded class draft one. We just talked about wide receiver. I think it feels like they're going to draft one. The, the value will be there with a lot of their picks starting in the third round. Defense is where it's a bit heavier for me, okay? So we said safety, um, defensive tackle, edge, linebacker, nickel corner. All spots that we could say, hey, we could use somebody in those spots. So from those, what is that there, Brad? Seven that we put? Yeah. We're going to pick mm -hmm. our five most important ones to us that we think they should be picking in this draft. So Brad will go first. I'll go second, him third, me fourth, and him fifth. We'll come up with five. He'll pick one more than me. That's okay. I won't lose any sleep over it. But I think we're going to come up with the five best ones that we feel like they should come away with in this draft. As the roster sits, not really talking premium positions, any of that stuff, not projecting picks 74 or 98 or anything. Just, hey, right. we would like to see these five be the most prioritized positions within reason, right? If there's a player significantly better at another position, I'm not going to get mad, but I would just like them to come out with it. So, Brad, you hit leadoff. I would say, so this is kind of weird. Like, my feeling is, I'll, I'll kind of talk through this here. My feeling is that the, the defensive line is not done, right? Like, I feel like mm -hmm. that defensive tackle and edge need addressed more. And maybe Al Woods, you know, maybe that happens. I don't know what, what happens there or whatever. And I feel like edge needs addressed because I don't really trust Alex Wright uh, to play another 500 snaps this, this year. Uh, but if I had a choice... And I don't know if this is outside the realm of this exercise. If I had a choice, I would get the, rather get those guys not in the draft. So my first choice is going to be safety mm. because it's an open – you literally have an open roster spot there. Uh, and, you know, 
I think DeAnthony Bell is your only depth on the roster there, and I don't mm-hmm. even know if he's ready. So I'm going to say safety is a is a lock for sure. Got to draft somebody there. Not only for a guy who can be that sort of heavier dime package where it gets to be a lot of defensive backs on the field, he could step in, maybe play dime backer or put Grant Delpit down in the box, play somewhere else to kind of give them some creativity. I do think if Grant Delpit has a nice year, uh, the way we think he will in this offense, or sorry, in this new defensive structure, based on how he's grown as a player, they're going to have to replace him because he's going to get some decent money on the market. And the Browns, I don't want to say it's a lock that if he has a good year, they can't resign him, but how many guys can they do this? I mean, they're really, right. they're pushing it. So if Grant has the good year we're expecting, having a young safety, a la what the Bengals have done here with maybe um, Dax, is it Dax Hill, right? That, that you have somebody to step in is something that we would would like to consider here. So a guy who can help in a different role this year, but step into a more uh, common safety role the following year. So I'm with you. Safety is up there for me. I don't know if I'd have put it first, but I like I like where your mind's at. It's a good choice. I would say the second for me, and this would make a lot of people who are uh, number based thinkers cringe is running back. Like they they're in a weird spot, right? They have Jerome Ford, who had like 12 carries last year. We saw some flashes in preseason, but we don't know um, just how rock solid that's going to look for him. It is. Uh, it is a position that just by virtue, they've kept four every year, but they only have two really rosterable guys right now. It's a loaded running back class. I talked with Matt Waldman yesterday about Zach Evans out of Ole Miss, who he loves, who I've seen the Browns slotted in some mock drafts to take. Uh, it's not only a guy like that who could potentially be if they got out of Nick uh, Chubb's contract after 2023, they wanted to get some value back again. Not trying to offend anybody or get you riled up, but that is on the table. It's always on the table looking at value at running backs approaching 30 years old. And even if it's two years away, you could still see that whole thing working. But again, even if they go more cautious and take somebody who's more of a pass catching, change of pace specialist, Deuce Vaughn, Keaton Mitchell, some of those, then that still adds a lot of layers to this offense that I think are out there. So this role to me... Uh, could be huge. Now, it could be that they don't care much and they end up taking a guy at like 190 we've never heard of uh, or 229 or something like that. And Jerome Ford is just sitting in the wings waiting and they know more than we do because they saw him in practice and they were just doing right by Kareem Hunt and giving Kareem chances, whatever, whatever. But I do think there's a real role for a drafted running back here. And potentially, if he's good enough and they invest enough and love a guy enough, uh, it's a guy who could end up taking over the role for Nick eventually when they move in a different direction. So I think that one's pretty important to me at this point. Yeah, we've had nothing, uh, Brad. We've had nothing in terms of like there have been no connections to any veteran backs at all. Now, they could wait until after the draft. Maybe they don't get the guy they wanted at the value they want. And there's some guys out there they could go out and pick up. That's always true. But we're always doing this exercise under the belief of going into the draft. We'll deal with after the draft later. But as we sit here right now, you know what I'm saying? It's uh, it's pretty obvious there. Yeah, I thought they would too. I thought that we they would probably bring in a veteran at some point, and they never we didn't hear any rumblings or anything like that. So no. I, I get the feeling that um, that this is uh, a uh, a given as well. A running back gets drafted. I feel like that's a hundred percent given, and it will uh, happen. It's a once again a very deep running back class, so I feel like there's good value to be had there where they're picking uh, early. Pardon me, uh, early day three, late day two, uh, somewhere in there. Uh, so I I agree and uh, think that uh, I I agree with you too. I think it it doesn't need to be looked at like um, 
it should be looked at like, hey, here's an opportunity to add another weapon, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, is how it should be looked at, kind of, right? Yeah, yeah even if they know. get one early or late, you can, like, if you get one earlier, that's going to be obvious, obviously to me, a guy who they feel is a bit more of a complete player. Very, very broad picture of down the line, this guy playing an important role. But if it's a later, you can still see how that could be a versatile weapon to different layers of the offense. So it's, it's important, uh, I think more important than people want to give it credit for. All right, uh, is that me now? You're up. You're up with the third one. All right, I'm. I'm probably gonna steal uh, of one of yours here. Maybe uh, I, I know you feel strongly about this, but I'm gonna say linebacker. And yeah, uh, I, I like about it. that I like today it. because um, the more I look at this roster, uh, I don't think like one-year deals every deal with a veteran to play middle linebacker isn't sustainable forever um and uh i would like them and i don't think that uh jacob phillips is the answer at middle linebacker i think we learned that last year uh so i am i think it's actually pretty important that they get and there's a number of guys that are very interesting uh guys that you could take at this spot um so um, I'm talking with the guy that we I had in my show the other night. He liked a number of linebackers that were going to be there late day two. He thought they could play middle linebacker or early day three. Yeah, uh, so there's it's a good it's a good group players there. Yeah, it is, and it it is a bigger need than I don't think many people have laid out very well. Is they can maybe get by again and ask for a committee to step up and, and, and all of that, but they want to play real serious football this year. So to me, I would like them to draft somebody they think has a future at that position. And I do think it's a nice mesh of some talented players that can do that. So I continue to hope linebacker. I actually feel good about the three we've put out there so far. We should say, we should say defensive tackle. I, I definitely think as we sit here, they haven't signed out woods and we don't know if they will. As we sit here, they're still, undermanned at the position and i do think there will be some defensive tackles around whether 74 through 126 that can that can come in and play some kind of role so if we don't see any movement between now and then again odds are we will i know brad stainbrook just sent out an update today about al woods impressions of cleveland and i know that the jets just signed quentin jefferson right so maybe they're not as in as much in the fold with woods now so that doesn't really leave many competitors out there but again this exercise is what it is. We're sort of pinning down where we think that we would like them to come out with one. I prefer right now that they come out with a defensive tackle uh, that I think is a nice mesh. Because once I like this draft as far as edge players go, but once you fall out of like the first 75, that might, that might mean 74 is the slot. The Browns maybe are lucky to get the one they want. There's just not a bunch of guys I'm in love with. And I, fi- I find yeah. myself more in love with defensive tackles around that. 75 to 125 area than I do with edge players. So I feel a little bit more confident that they could get a defensive tackle. And as we sit here, I feel like they need it more than edge. So uh, that's where I'll put our fourth, uh, our fourth one. And you have a really tough choice here with our last one. So we've had knocked off the board. We had safety first from Brad. I said, running back, he said linebacker. And then I said, defensive tackles that leaves edge nickel corner and wide receiver as the three to choose from for our last one. So challenge your theory here on wide receivers a little yeah, bit. So, Doesn't mean they well, can't still get one, but you know. Yeah. I mean, uh, so I'm going to say this, this sounds, I sound ridiculous now, not saying receiver after just making that point, but they would actually have eight picks. So you can yeah, take them wherever, but 
Uh, I'm actually going to say slot nickel uh, cornerback. Mm-hmm. I think that, it, once again, we don't know. There are some veterans out there that can play the role. But I feel better with knowing, like, what we have in this cornerback room. Like, if you got the right guy, you could really fall into – um, with these three outside corners, a position of power moving forward, like next off season, where you could get off of one of these guys and really get an asset somehow, if you got the right guy to play nickel for you. Uh, that's thinking way ahead. My, but initially, my thought is, I thought it was a bit negligent not to have a true nickel corner on the roster at all last year, really, uh, besides Greg, who you asked to do that. Um, so I think making it a priority to get one in here that can fill that role is good. And I think there's some good options there, too. Like, there's been identified, like, four or five guys that, you know, uh, are willing to play the run. They'll throw their body around. They'll be that that kind of not outside corner, you know, real, you know, touchy and that it, like these are dogs. Like you need a dog mm-hmm. to play slot corner, and, and and there's a three, four, five of them there uh, that'll be available in that range that I think could really help the Browns. Yeah, it's a tough job. To, to your point about saying the, the phrase there, like that's one I've used too. That you're asked to do grown man stuff playing the slot, so it's a nice mixture there. To your point, which was well articulated, that it is a now helping position, right? Where they do think. Uh, at least we do. I don't know how they feel about it in general, but as we sit here, it seems like Greg doesn't want to play the slot. Could they get by with it again and try to talk Greg into it and do some different things? Yeah, but it doesn't seem like he wants to. So that seems like a position that's ready to be filled with a guy like a Kytro Clark or a Trey Tomlinson from TCU. Those guys who could come in uh, a little bit later in the draft and handle that position right away it's an opportunity for a young guy to get on the field but to your other point there it does give them some flexibility with greg newsom's second contract looming uh that they could move that player get a valuable asset back in a draft that's shorthanded next year right so that just creates some flexibility we don't want to talk about moving on from players yet we're too early in that but you the, that that's what front offices are doing they're always two three years looking ahead and I do think that nickel corner uh, is still a, a valuable role for them to fill. And the good part about that role is you can find people later, middle later, yes. uh, that are that are capable of doing that. And uh, I think that the Browns have left themselves a nice window to do that. So uh, that's our five, right, man? So we have uh, at the top, uh, at the very top, we put safety, then we put running back, linebacker, and then we put uh, defensive tackle. We put nickel corner. That means we're still eyeing wide receiver and edge, but we did not put them in our top five that we'd like to see them come away from. So overall, listen, fun, fun exercise, Brad. Any uh, closing thoughts on this? And and I'm, I'm always encouraging people to come out and let us know if you agree or disagree and give us points. We love to talk about this. So hit us up on Twitter or anything. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll chat about it. No, I think that, you know, it's weird that we came away without edge and wide receiver. Um, Two really <laughs> premium positions, ironically, yeah. right? Uh, yep. But I think the reasons for that, uh, for me, are a little bit different. But like, um, like I would still think they would take a wide receiver. But I just don't prioritize it over at this point over the ones yeah. that we went through. Um, and there could be guys that they like more and end up taking. But like, if you're saying uh, kind of the exercise, I hope yes. everyone understood the point is all things are equal. You know, say we're looking yes. at seven really good players at these positions. We like all of them. Which one do we want to come away with and satisfy feeling good about? And again, this is a little bit of a flawed 
uh, a flawed thing here because they have eight picks currently and those are five positions but we just wanted to prioritize the ones we really yeah. want the most yeah i think those make the sense is like uh make sense as the ones that where the need is the most like okay and a couple of them fit well as like dual purpose wise like they mm -hmm. at re running back and in safety and slot corner really all of them like you you meet an immediate need but it also potentially could help you down the line as far as roster building goes yeah very much agree and this is a lot of what we're talking about here is is roster building going into the draft which is it's just going to be such a vital thing for them looking at how the cap is maneuvering year over year here uh, how their uh, situation gets tighter and tighter because the credit card bills are going to come due but also the cap should keep rising so it's a mixed bag, a lot of different things, a lot of moving parts here, but this draft will be important to fill some depth and hopefully hit on some guys who can be bigger roles. Uh, Cause again, we have to remind everybody they're not taking a guy in the first or second round more than more than more than likely put it that way. No, they could jump into the second round late, but they're not going to do that. So these are third round guys. These are guys that are not really expected to step into starting big roles. So you're really having eight lotto tickets here. You, you think that they can get a 74, 98, like guys that can help, but you're not going into this draft looking at like, eh, there's going to come out with two guys that can be big time players. That's not how this yeah. works. So they're trying to find developmental pieces. So I think that's important to know. You know what I mean? I do. Uh, yeah. You just have to set your expectations properly for where you're drafting at, for sure. Which I think is something that we were so flawed at last year with like the David Bell expectations and some of that stuff. Yes. Perry on Winfrey expectations. Those are those are guys drafting the third and fourth round, not guys taking the first and second players your, your franchise took that you think in your mind equate to first and second round picks. That's not not exactly how it goes. So anyway, we'll put a bow on this one. This is a fun exercise. I, I hope you guys enjoy it wherever this catches you, whether on Easter Sunday or Monday or whenever you listen to it. Um, I know that Brad and I always look forward to getting together and chatting about these things. So like I said, safe travels tomorrow. Have fun with your family. Hope it's a great day. Good food. Good time with your people. Uh, I know Brad and I will try to do the same on our end. So we appreciate you stopping by. Continue to put yourself over at the OBR, the written stuff. We'll, we'll continue to put out draft content leading up to this thing and we'll continue to do the Twitch shows, including my uh, dueling mock draft on Tuesday and Brad with his with his own show on Thursday. His things, I'm sorry, it's not things. That's the All Eyes on Cleveland show uh, on oh, Thursdays yeah. on the OBR Twitch. So stop by, check those out. For me, for Brad, we appreciate you stopping by. Have a great Easter, everybody. Go Browns.